1: Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van for Nick Whalen. It's week 15. It's really cold outside. I wore a hat during a video this morning because I didn't want to go outside without a hat. I didn't want to sit there in the bathroom and like groom myself before video. Um, we need
2: a makeup department.
1: I've been saying this for years. A, Why do we, we not, not have shower, a makeup department? I think, actually, too. Like I, I would um, rather... Shower? Yes, because I would rather wake up Get in the car, drive to work, shower at work, and then prepare for the day at uh, work, yeah. and then do it at home when it's this cold. Because if it's minus five outside, you can't walk around without a hat. So you got to throw a hat on. If you don't get up early enough to actually let your hair dry or dry your hair, this is a major problem for everybody that's listening. If you don't do that, like you can't, you can't walk outside with wet hair when it's minus five. five. Like you'll actually Just dry your hair off. Like your hair is. With what? A towel? Yeah, with a towel. No.
2: I mean, how, this is not really an issue, right? Like, I can see if you're, you know, if you're a girl or if you're a guy that has like really long hair. I do have like, long hair. No, you don't. I mean, you could towel that thing off in like three minutes, you'd be good.
1: No, I'm So, tried. you did a
2: video segment with a winter hat on, like
1: knowingly, or you just forgot you had it on? No, I, yeah, I, I, I planned. I'm like, well, I'm just keeping the hat on. I'm, huh. I'm going in on the hat, and it was a big hit. So Yeah, I'm, they probably like it. It's like, oh, look at these Wisconsin folks. Look at this so guy cold. wearing his hat, Color Rush Day. He's yeah. wearing a red it hat. It is Color Rush. That's right. Happy Color Rush Day, everybody! The Seahawks are sixteen point favorites tonight uh, in a game that did Richard Sherman refer to it as a poop fest? Was that his? Uh, well, was was he talking about
2: the Packers game as a poop fest or this game and like the scheduling? As a I think poop
1: he was fest? referring to the scheduling. I'm <laughs> just going to Google and, the word and "poop fest" Thursday right now. night games. See what comes up here. Be careful with the Google. Is your safe search turned on? No, never. Oh, Come on. you? What were... do you think I am? Um, yeah, Richard
2: Sherman. Uh, He's referring to the Thursday games as a quote poop fest and a quote middle finger from the NFL. I don't know which of those is worse, a middle finger or a poop fest. Probably a poop fest.
1: If my choices for receiving punishment are to be flipped off or to have someone engage in a poop fest, I would choose the middle finger.
2: Yeah. That doesn't really hold all that much weight for me.
1: No, a poop fest sounds miserable. Sounds like a
2: really bad I don't even want a bad situation. Yeah. Someone they it's you know kind of I don't like to call out other journalists but nobody followed up on like richard please explicate
1: what do you mean by poop elaborate fest elaborate on the specs right. of this this alleged poop right. fest talk about poop fest i hate thursday games too uh i, I love thursday games i i despise them i have no interest in watching them most of the time uh, this is a horrible matchup this is the worst one of the year of course with the what? rams there have been being, some pretty bad ones don't this, this i don't is, know i haven't that. seen a 16 point underdog all year though like
2: isn't it, that crazy too like the seahawks just got housed by 30
1: points and now they turn around at their 16 point favorites well the rams fired jeff fisher and Does that maybe help, the lack of continuity is the concern. I don't think it would matter. How much How much did the line shift as a result of Jeff Fisher's firing? <laughs> I think firing? When, when Fisher
2: was still the coach, the line was like 22 and a half. He got fired. It sunk down to sixteen. Yeah, so he's about a six and a half point per game coach, Gordon <laughs> right. Vegas. No, yeah, I mean, I'm kidding, In the of wrong course. way? I think, yeah, I mean, we can make jokes about Jeff Fisher, but... Um, yeah, I think the the chaos or whatever you want to call it, the disarray that a midweek, let alone a midseason uh, firing of a coach kind of leaves the team in a precarious spot. Uh, and we don't like did the Rams dislike Jeff Fisher. Like, I don't think he was like hated by the players necessarily. I think they probably questioned some strategies, but. I don't know that this was necessarily like a mutiny on the part of the players as much as it was disagreements between ownership and management
1: uh, and Jeff Fisher. He didn't build this roster. I feel like a lot of the animosity with the Rams organization right now should be with the front office. That being said, defending Jeff Fisher is not something that I I intend to spend time doing. Uh, I think he tactically was very bland. I I think think? part, part of that was limitations of what he had personnel wise part of that is just it's a that, guy who looked overmatched it's as a that coach
2: eternal 7 and 9 compass like he doesn't he doesn't like physically have what it takes to get beyond 7 wins he couldn't find his challenge flag yeah i mean that's an issue that's one of those that was kind of Weirdly, like one of the last straws, I think, when you look back at like what led to this firing, there were a lot of things, you know, losing by like 40.
1: What's the, the equivalent of that of for, for you and I in our job? Like Not what? being able to find a challenge flag? Yeah. Is it being unable to turn on the soundboard before the podcast?
2: That's happened. Yeah. Um, so maybe we are just like, they would just be like sitting down at your desk and like, I just can't find my keyboard. Yeah. But, but I don't know. But like, you only use your challenge flag. Like some games, you don't even use it. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's and it, he did he found it. He knew where it was. He just couldn't
1: get to it. Couldn't get to it. Had a lot of skittles right. and other treats blocking it in his coat pocket. Uh, Rams getting 16 though. Are, are you interested in, in taking the Rams plus the points tonight? I mean, 16 is a lot of points.
2: Like, isn't there kind of an unwritten rule that like when the spread is this high, you don't bet on the team to cover it? No, uh,
1: because you can easily imagine the Seahawks just winning 31 yeah, to three. But
2: the Seahawks have also like fallen into the Rams trap over these last few years for whatever reason there's really no reason for it like the Rams have had their number they're like the one bad team that seems to get Seattle and I don't think that's going to happen you know in Seattle on a short week like this with their coach being fired like everything is in
1: favor of the Seahawks still uh but the Rams have played them well for whatever that's worth well that's because Jeff Fisher is Wiley Coyote and the Seahawks are obviously the roadrunner so the coyote like gets them every now and then but the roadrunner always comes out on top. And the the coyote's always really an idiot but yeah, it always looks for a brief moment like the coyote might actually yeah, have like him this, this giant time.
2: stack of Acme TNT is actually going to stop the roadrunner.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, look
2: at me knowing like old
1: cultural references. That's yeah, I don't know. How did you I don't watched know a lot, lot of Wiley Coyote that. as a kid. <laughs> that explains a, a lot, lot. A lot of tape on Wiley. I'm going to I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to give up 16 they got embarrassed by the Packers. Yes, they did. That was a poop fest. <laughs> I mean that that was Russell Wilson played the worst game we've ever seen him play, uh, which previously might have been the NFC Championship game against the Packers, but that turned around enough to where it was easy to leapfrog it with the effort this week. I'll give up the sixteen though. I think mm-hmm. Seattle is like thirty points better than the Rams.
2: Honestly, like in full seriousness, what would the spread have to be where you say, okay, the Rams? I, f- I feel comfortable taking
1: the Rams to cover this. 22? At, 20, at, at 21 and a half, I think I'd, I'd, go, okay. I'd go with the Rams. I think, I think they're off by five and a half points on this line. All right. Over-under is 39, by the way. If you calculate the uh, expected scores based on that, I think the Rams are projected to score like 11 points tonight. More or
2: less, yeah. I so, can see that. One and hey, a half. If they score points, it's going to be a weird total like that. Like they're not going to get to exactly fourteen. Like they'll they'll miss an extra point, or they'll randomly go for two, or get like a fluky safety. Here's I mean, what that's it what, is. That's yeah, what the Rams the, are at the, at this the fluky
1: safety is key. Three field goals. Greg Zerline, Three field goals. That's there's your nine. Late in the game, as time's about to expire, uh, the Seahawks are going to snap a ball out of the back of the end zone on a punt. Yep. And that will be the 11th it's going to be polling. cold too. It's supposed to be you know
2: mid to low thirties in Seattle. There's a bunch of snow in the Northwest. It's not even this cold week. anymore to me
1: like it, well, I don't yeah,
2: even, that's literally forty degrees colder than it was here. I I, yesterday. Would,
1: I would celebrate thirty degrees right now I don't think it matters. I mean Seattle's one of those teams that are used to playing in crap weather, too. I don't think it impacts yeah well, that I much. mean for the
2: Rams, you
1: know I think yeah, I mean they're, they're used they're, to
2: playing in great weather. I saw today somebody threw out Paul Christ as a an option for a, a Rams head coach next year. It was no. total, just like, "Hey, here's an idea" type of thing. Here's an idea. He doesn't seem like an L.A. Rams guy.
1: He he is Barry Alvarez's forever girl, as far as the Wisconsin head coaching job goes. Like he he's a Madison guy who right. won't leave the Badgers for any other. Well, he job. would. He, well, he would go to like a blue collar job, like Pitt. You know, is a great
2: spot for him, or like if the. I don't even know. Like, I think the highest he'd go up is, like, Penn State. You know, like, Ohio State would be a little too highbrow for no, him. He's,
1: he's, this is
2: the, he has the best college head coaching job that he's ever going to get. Probably, yeah. And especially being a Wisconsin grad and a Wisconsin, you know, a Madison guy, even, like he said, I don't really know why he would want that job. Just thought that was a, an interesting name that was thrown out there. And I, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody, I think, I think it was someone with SI. Uh, but either way, I don't know who the next – uh, Ram's coach is going to be, but they have really nowhere to go but up. You know who it is. You're just not telling anybody. You don't want to reveal your sources. <laughs> I have heard Pete Carroll is their. He's like their their dream guy. Their dream, yeah, option, which makes sense. I mean, like, sure, why not? I mean, that, I don't think Pete Carroll would consider that. Like, why would you leave the roster you have in Seattle and you know one of the better situations in all of coaching? In my opinion, seems to be enjoying that job. But if he wants to get back to L.A.
1: Yeah, he was the king of L.A. once was. as the USC's head coach, but I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to find the Being same the level Being the savior of, of the L.A. Rams would be kind of cool, but also way too risky, and there's just no reason to leave Seattle. That would be a really dumb move on his part. Uh, Dolphins-Jets playing Thursday night football on Saturday. Still what they're going with for the name. Uh, over under 37.5. Thank you, Bryce Petty uh, and Matt Moore. Uh, Ryan Tannehill not hurt as badly as we previously thought, but probably still going to be the guy for this week. What do you make of Bilal Powell? I mean, Matt Forte's got a knee injury he's been playing through. Bilal Powell going up against the Dolphins defense. It's been uh, one of the worst on a per-carry basis this year. I I like the matchup. I think Bilal Powell is a top-10 running back this week, assuming Matt Forte doesn't swoop in and play somehow and then take 15 mm-hmm. carries.
2: Yeah, uh Bizarre that we're you know in week fifteen, and what do you make of Bilal Powell? Is is a very legitimate like big time question this week, uh, but I like him. I, I think I think there's really no reason not to like him. Um, the Jets can't throw the ball. I think they're a team that at this point just wants to get this season over with and you know probably establish the run uh, because as you said they just don't have quarterbacks right now who are competent in just about any level, and you know this is a Dolphins defense that is good not great um and we saw um, what did paul run for like 145 he was crushing it Yeah,
1: 29 yeah. carries 145 yards i think gotta be yeah you gotta wonder i mean if Bilal Powell had been starting all season yeah that yeah. Would, might, might have the, the jets difference. undefeated i don't know well Maybe. good news for todd bowles it doesn't seem like it's going to cost him his job uh i think the jets getting two and a half are the side i like better believe it or not over under thirty-seven and a half. it's going to be an ugly game with two yeah. backup quarterbacks going Slight, slight edge for the Jets. I'll take them getting the points. I don't feel great about it. If you it.
2: were strapped to a comfy recliner and had to watch one of these two games, the Thursday night game or the Thursday night Saturday game, which one would you choose to watch?
1: Oh, <sighs> that's, a, that's a deep question. Um, yeah.
2: You can take some time and we can revisit this at the end if you need time to think about it. You know,
1: I'd rather have my Saturday night free. So I'll choose the Poop Fest because it's happening tonight, and then it doesn't commit me to having to watch a game okay. on Saturday night. So it's just more about the timing of the games. It's more about just my social life and, and how much what of social butterfly What do you got going on? Cookie
2: swaps or like vegetable meats or something you got going on this weekend? What
1: the hell is a vegetable meat? I
2: don't know. Like a, like a swap meat. What? I don't know. It's oh like, like oh like, I, I, like a I, meat like m-e-e-t like a, right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
1: the double e meat yeah. yes of course like a track meat uh no no vegetable races or swaps but uh more cookies of course because it's the holidays we do uh which of these games would you choose to watch given the constraints uh, of Saturday? probably
2: yeah at least you have like a little bit of star power in this game like seattle's fun to watch when they're clicking and there's still that hope that maybe this is the week for todd Gurley. I think right. this is. I
1: think this is going to be the one. Maybe um, our colleague DJ Trainer, he hosts the uh, Hoops podcast with you a couple days a week. I don't know which days. I'm not really paying attention to Yesterday. the Hoops podcast right now. Yesterday, cool. Yep. It's a good podcast though. I listened to it a lot last year, especially. Uh, the, not so good this year. <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I've have not listened to a single episode. No, it's yet been this good. We've,
2: no DJ and I've actually been able to get a lot of guests on the pod this year, which has kind of cut down on the monotony of just he and I talking. You know, a couple times a week. So it's been fun. I mean, if you're if you're into the NBA and like, you know, we, we've been trying to focus on team specific guys, you know, we had Chris Fedor from cleveland.com last week, got some really, really awesome info. You know, it's guys who really cover these teams day to day and have infinitely more access
1: than DJ and I do. So it's been a lot of fun. Access, hard to come by over here. Uh, DJ's got the tough decision to make of Gurley tonight against Seattle or Powell on Saturday. against the Dolphins and my lean was Powell as well I I thought so he said I've gone back and forth on it four times DVR and I was like well I think you gotta go Powell DJ I think that's the the move but that's the type of thing that it's really hard to do it even though Todd Gurley's been letting you down all season and if you've made the playoffs despite Todd Gurley being your first round pick I mean some other things clearly have gone right for you Um, I think DJ's been cheating personally Um, cheating? Cheating. How? He just has. In, in fantasy football,
2: yep. That's, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it, but he has.
1: Okay, well, a conversation for is Bilal a Powell pod, in the I conversation
2: guess. for Rotowire twenty seventeen
1: magazine cover. Here's the deal: uh, I have no authority over it, but if Bilal Powell scores five TDs this week and next week combined, yes, he's on the cover. That'll do it.
2: I wish we would do like more like quirky covers like that. Like, I think that would be hilarious.
1: It would be just a, just random terrible, players. Yeah. Like horrible would, marketing.
2: Yeah, you know, it'd be a terrible marketing or, scene. or it it'd, be, go it'd viral be super funny. If you yeah. just put
1: some really bad player on. Yeah. There.
2: Like, I don't know, like Ripkowski or something, you know, you know, we always have the tagline, like blank to
1: stardom, like, ripping to stardom or ripping to stardom. Yeah. That's uh or like that's maybe a exactly Kuhn Ripkowski dual cover. Yeah. Or maybe we could just make a Tecmo cover. That'd probably be awesome.
2: Yeah. Sure. I mean, we need we need to mix it up. Maybe have somebody like kind of like a cool illustration or like a digital drawing of I don't know, I don't
1: know. Maybe Barkis Lee. What about one of those uh, photo collages that? Are just photos that are zoomed in to really micro levels to make a bigger picture. Like little photos all combining, like a little collage to make right. Yeah, like a one. thousand pictures of various rotowire things. And yeah. when you when you pull back, when you look at the cover as a whole, you see yeah. like Liss or Pete or Liss and. We could Pete. use
2: every white receiver ever and it's just like a big photo. It all makes a big photo of
1: Wayne Corbett. Wow, that'd be an amazing that photograph. Would be awesome.
2: So I'll 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 talk to Pete as soon as
1: we're done here. Yeah, I mean you could maybe you could just go right to Lis with this one.
2: Yeah, I might just go straight
1: to the publisher. Skip, yeah. skip the middlemen. Cut out the middlemen. Right. Packers-Bears happening in Chicago. Blustery cold conditions expected. If blustery is in the weather report, that's not good. Over-under is 39. Uh, Bears are five-and-a-half point underdogs. Aaron Rodgers already has a bad calf. This is going to be one of those games that's, I think, pretty ugly. I have heard the comparison. Uh, the guys on the Yahoo podcast were talking about it. Uh, as being conditioned similar to the vikings Seahawks playoff game mm. from last year. That was I mean, the game. The game. I, I, that's kind of what they're up against in Chicago. This, this could weekend. be end up being like the Caleb Haney
2: game oh, from a few no. years, from a few years ago. Like where it's just you never really feel like the Packers are gonna lose, but you never feel good about how they're playing. It's like one like one team is just playing slightly worse than the other. Uh Rodgers did not practice on Wednesday. We don't have a report yet for today. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, like Rogers is going to play. It's just a matter of, you know, the conditions being what they are probably make this calf issue
1: a little bit worse or a little bit harder to play through. Yeah, I I think this next level of cold, which is what this game is forecasted to be compared to even Mm -hmm. last week at Lambeau does present some more unique challenges for Rogers and maintaining that injury. So there are there's some risk on the Packers side. I would give up the five and a half. I think they can do enough with the likes of Ty Montgomery. Uh, maybe we see a little more Kristen Michael again this week. I think the running game will be solid. The passing game will be ample. And the Bears, there's just nothing to get excited about right now, unfortunately. Unless Jordan Howard runs wild, I think they're going to have a difficult time uh, keeping this within a TD. So I will give up the five and a half with the Packers. Jags, Texans, 39 and a half as you over under. Jags getting six this week, Nick. Yeah, uh,
2: uh, I I'm done with the Jags. No, um, you're not. I've, how many times have I said that this year? A lot. Um, but I mean this this is a, this is maybe an opportunity. They played the Texans closely a few weeks ago. Uh, Blake Bortles I think has pick sixes in each of his last three games against Houston. Uh, That's Did, a nice did you see the quote yesterday when when he was asked about that? No, It was just kind of the typical journalist, uh, you know, let, me, let me pull it up actually, I think I have it right here, you know, the, the typical kind of general question, you know, talk about what, what do you have to do to, to limit these pick sixes, you've thrown three pick sixes uh, the last three games against the Texans, like Bortles said, quote, I've got to be a better tackler.
1: Yeah. That's
2: <laughs> taking it in stride, as they say. That is, I mean, obviously, he meant it as a joke, and I think that's pretty funny, but still, at the same time, it's equally funny and and depressing. Um, Jags have nothing to play for, Texans do. Um, part of me thinks the Jags are due for a win, though. I mean, they've lost what seven, eight straight now, they're two and 11. Uh, and this is a, a very bad team, don't get me wrong, but. I still do think they're, like, one step ahead of, like, 49ers and Browns bad. And the Texans still aren't all that good. And their offense isn't all that good. And if Jacksonville can just get, like, one or two lucky touchdowns, which is kind of how all their touchdowns are these days, all of a sudden this is a game. Because I don't see Houston scoring more than, like, 17 points.
1: Yeah, two lucky touchdowns might be enough to to get it That's what it's come to. Uh, I'm not in the business of projecting that as the most likely outcome. I'll take the Texans giving up the six, uh, coming off a pretty big win last week against Indy. They're playing to win the division. America's division is up for grabs right now, and Houston gets the Jags at home. I think they can take advantage of it. Not surprisingly, the over-under in this game, 39.5. We've talked about four games so far. The over-under in every one of them is below 40, so we've got some uh, riveting stuff Thursday Saturday and some of these early games.
2: Yeah, weather's not I guess weather's not really a factor in this Jags Texans game whatsoever. But still, an over under
1: of what was it 39.5. 30, and, and, and yeah, Wolf. weather won't be a factor in Houston. Uh, no. Interestingly enough, by the way, I, I pointed out to you last night, there's an updated version of Tecmo Super Bowl. Out I've never there. played Tecmo before. You, you might like it, but it's uh, it, it's you know predates Madden. And Tecmo Super Bowl was cool because you had eight different plays that you could run at any given time, four run plays, four pass plays. And there's design runs for quarterbacks, there's draws, there's all sorts of different stuff. There's fullback things you can do. There are flea flickers, two different flea flickers, actually three different flea flicker plays, uh, when you count this sort of like weird double lateral one. Uh anyway, so you, you look at the playbook for the Jags. Tecmo Gus Bradley in the year 2016 decided to use two of his eight plays the following way, he's got a designed run for Blake Bortles, where Bortles just kind of like rolls out around the right side of the line and just runs for his life. They ran that play against me last night and actually got like 18 yards on a third and 13. I don't know how. Are you playing the computer, or is this like a thing where you can play other people online? No, right? I was playing the computer. I was, I was playing against Gus. You know, I was playing against the the built-up version of Gus. And then of course they have a flea flicker built in too. So really they they're they're running six plays out of a possible eight. Okay. What, what is going on? I mean, the game's very accurate, too. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Ellen Robinson was missed. He was wide open. Bortles overshot him. would have been an 81-yard touchdown. Instead, three plays later, he throws a pick in the end zone as the game ends.
2: Did, uh, did the video game version of Blake Bortles kind of, like, jump around and pull on his helmet straps and... It cut away, throw his so on the I, I assume it
1: did, but it, you know, it cut away before uh, I got a good look at what interesting his reaction was afterwards. So even even the Tecmo Jags have this air of futility about them that is almost unmatched.
2: It's, yeah, it's it's permeated everything about the franchise. Uh, couldn't even get a win in Jimmy Smith induction day last week against Minnesota. I saw an advanced stat today. How many games would Bill Belichick have to lose in order to match other NFL head coaches' win percentages? So, all the current NFL head coaches, this was courtesy of uh, For the Win, which I believe is a, a USA an account Today. run by USA Today. Guess, how many games in a row do you think Bill Belichick would have to lose to match Gus Bradley's win percentage?
1: Consecutive losses to match Gus Bradley's. <laughs> Belichick's coach for so long. Too. Right. So, yeah, obviously, it's. Skewed. You got to account for time um, and then how good one is how bad the others i'm gonna say belichick would have to lose 725 consecutive games to have the same okay. losing percentage as gus bradley
2: okay so gus bradley's win percentage he's 14 and 45 he's a win percentage of 23.7 uh you actually went high on this which is incredible 668 losses it's not, I'm not that far off. Oh, no, not at all. I thought I thought you would guess like 300. So 668 losses. That means you'd have to go 0 and 16 for
1: almost 42 straight seasons. Wow, that is that's impressive. Good work by for the win coming up with the yeah. engaging blog post like that.
2: That's what it is. Like when you watch a Jaguars game, especially and again like a suspicious number of Jags games have been televised this year. Like the stats that they come up with. Like I really think the production meeting is just all right. First hour. Let's just come up with as many stats to make the Jaguars look even more terrible
1: as we can. Well, the reason you do it, too, from a production standpoint, is you want to make the Jags seem like the biggest underdog possible. So in the event this crappy team finds a way to beat some other crappy team, your announcers can just go full-on Gus Johnson about it, and it's totally justified based on the storyline that you just laid out throughout the first half.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Um yeah, at this point, yeah, the jags are eliminated. Like for a while there it was like, well, they only have two wins, but you know, a win here puts them right back in the mix in the south and even they found a way to get out of that discussion. Uh so it's it's really just like pure grasping
1: at straws for the announcing crews. Well, from one well-run franchise to the next. Let's go to the Browns. They're 10 point underdogs in Buffalo this week. I th- I think the Bills can find a way to screw this up from a a cover standpoint. I don't think they're going to lose. So I'll take the Browns with the 10, with the expectation they just keep it a little bit closer than that 10-point line.
2: Yeah, I mean... Writing a novel over there? What's going on? I'm writing notes while recording the podcast. That's what's going on. Covering the wire? I'm covering the wire. Why? I don't know. I seem to be on the wire a little too much these days. I think we got people off with finals and stuff. So here's what's going on. Um, Anyway, the Browns do find ways to keep these games close. They did that last week against Cincinnati. The Bengals, you know, were up in the first quarter, 14-0, and it looked like things were going to get out of hand really, really quickly. And as the Browns do, they they kind of found a way to make it a little bit of a game. Um, you know, it was twenty to seven at one at one point, which for the Browns, you know, at home in a stadium that was like thirty percent full, not bad. Got it, got it to within twenty to ten even, uh, and and then the Bengals were able to to kind of put it away. But the Browns do hang around. I mean, last week was really we, we haven't had that many signature horrific zero sixteen plays from this Browns team. Uh, although the flea flicker into the end zone. Was one of them. Uh, RG3, you know, throwing his first pass basically like into the sideline of the Bengals was another one.
1: Bortles did that last night in Tecmo, too. He just rifled a ball into the third row of the stands. you you gotta throw the ball away. Well, the sight lines of the Tecmo ball are really good. It's a good fan experience. You get nice and tight to the field. So, yeah, it's not hard to throw the ball into the third row, but Bortles did it.
2: Yeah, right. I I think that's just good quarterbacking by him. Like you want to make sure that ball gets out of bounds. No chance of anything weird with the wind. You know, interception something like that.
1: Yeah, especially in Cleveland, it gets pretty windy. So you gotta look out. The windy city. If you're if you're RG three, it's the original windy city. Uh, the Bills are gonna keep using Mike Gillisley as their goal line back, apparently, but Shady McCoy is still good enough to run wild in this matchup. Both backs are playable. I think you could throw Gillsley out there as a flex this week if you're desperate for help there, maybe as an RB two in like a sixteen team league, but I think that might be pushing it just a bit. Do you think Terrell Pryor bounces back after a horrible game last week against the Bengals?
2: I think I think he kinda has to, yeah. I I was a big fan of Pac-Man Jones press conference after that game. Are
1: you a big fan of Pac-Man Jones overall? Because I feel like he oh, would yeah. be. Oh, yeah. Of course. He's like the two chains of NFL corners.
2: Right. In a lot of ways, he is. Yeah. Kind of looks like two chains. Yeah, I think I'm a huge fan of his. Um, anytime you are literally grabbing a trash can and you know, looking into it and asking, are you in there? Like that was the press conference of the year so far. And I feel like a lot of people chastised him for it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, but I think prior I think Pryor bounces back. Um, you know, I talked with Mario about this on Saturday on the XM show, and you know, the the argument with RG3 is all right, he's pretty bad at just about everything, but he can throw the deep ball well. Did he do that last week? No. But he has a history of being a good deep ball thrower. And it's like, okay, if there's someone on this Browns team that's going to benefit from that and catch, you know, these deep balls, it's probably Terrell Pryor. Again, not at all the case last week, but I think that logic still holds up somewhat. And, again, you have, to, you have to kind of adjust to everything on a Brown scale.
1: Do you remember the trailer for Fox Sports 1 when the network launched, how they, they tried to make it seem like they were going to be this radical new sports network? and They got a bunch of hard-hitting highlights, and yes. I think it ended with RG3 like, having just thrown a long TD pass, and he's sitting there on the ground, and he kind of does the, the two hands up in the air like, like that. Yeah, you remember that. That was his signature for a while. That. That 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 gif of at the end of the trailer that 3 seconds pretty much summarizes the network. Like when you when you look at that in context now, you're like, "Oh, wow. That that was very fortuitous to have him close the trailer that way." I think so. Yeah, but it was like a celebration, you know. Right, but it it's a joke now, like because oh, he was right. supposed to be the big up and coming thing, and he was gonna—he oh, was that gonna it's change RG3. everything. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's 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 both interesting and and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I still love RG three,
2: you know, even through all the the antics and kind of weird stuff that he's done over
1: the last couple of years. Like, I am a hundred percent rooting for RG three. I really wanted him to be good. I, I did. Cause I, I thought it was fun when he was a good fantasy player. I mean, uh, it, it it just it. I don't know. The, the supporting cast is so bad it 's hard to grade them, but I think so too it 's not really going to be fair, but even still like there's not even it, statistically anyway it doesn 't look like there's a lot there unfortunately uh, Eagles Ravens happening in Baltimore Ravens five and a half point favorites The Eagles are just not good they're two and eight against the spread in their last ten. Baltimore has a lot to play for. I think Baltimore crushes the Eagles by double digits
2: yeah I, th- I think Baltimore you know, in a loss to new England still kind of gained a little bit of credibility for me. I mean, they did fall behind early in that game, but, but showed a little bit of resilience getting back into it. And even sitting at seven and six, this is a tough team and not a team that I don't, I don't think anyone really wants to play come, you know, the first round of the playoffs and the Eagles have been on a downward trajectory now for a few weeks. And, you know, even with that win over Atlanta, uh, Things for the last six or eight weeks for them have not been great, and and, and I think Baltimore
1: takes care of business pretty easily. I'm with you. Chiefs-Titans at Arrowhead, maybe some cool conditions there too. Got to keep an eye on the weather report as the weekend gets a bit closer. Chiefs are minus 5.5, and I feel like that's a fair number. I think they're going to cover it. Titans are are good. I mean, this is is a tough assignment. You go into Arrowhead in December against a good Chiefs team, Meanwhile, the Texans host the Jags. Like that, that might be the difference in America's division. The way well, the schedule play. playing they out. They all have their chances. Yeah, they do. But I, I mean, the, timing's everything. It's mu- it seems like it's much harder to play an Arrowhead now than it yeah. is in September. I don't. I mean, obviously,
2: there's not much you could really do about this, but I don't love that a lot of times the most meaningful games of the year take place in the worst weather. You know, like I, ideally, it would kind of be reversed where. You know the the conditions are kind of equal for games like this, but um, yeah, I mean, tough place to win. Obviously, in Arrowhead. I, I de- the Chiefs are beatable though. I mean, we've seen Tampa Bay went in and won there a few weeks ago. They're suddenly they've good. Had even these, they've had they these were so fluky bad. wins. Like things have bounced the Chiefs way more often than not this season. There's like three games that they very easily sh- probably should have lost and then came away with wins. Uh, you know, the the pick two against Atlanta, the, the Denver game, they were pretty much dead to rights. The, uh, the Carolina game, they were pretty much dead to rights. Uh, I mean, this is a team that could very easily be seven and six, but
1: they're not, and they deserve credit for being 10 and three. I think it's going to be a good game, but I expect the Chiefs to win this one by about a TD, so I'll, I'll give up the five and a half. Not one of the games I would be playing if I were in Vegas, but one that I have to pick as an obligation to this podcast nonetheless. Colts. Vikings, Colts getting four on the road to Minnesota. What do you make of this matchup? Not much. Um, Vikings team's coming in hot.
2: They're probably feeling themselves a little bit after running into Jacksonville. You going to pick that up? No. All right. Uh, Yeah, I've been going into Jacksonville and getting a win on Jimmy Smith Day. I don't really know what could possibly rile up a team more than that. Uh, Vikings are kind of in an odd spot. I mean, five, six weeks into the year, they were – Firmly in control of the NFC North. And now, really, nothing is in their control, right? I mean, if Green Bay wins out, it it seems like they're kind of the team that'll take the division or at least a wild card. If Detroit wins out, they definitely win the division. Like, the Vikings need a ton and a ton
1: of help right now. Yeah, they might get Adrian Peterson back in week 16, but he's not expected to play in this game. Started practicing this week, and he wasn't good. He's below two yards per carry anyway. The offensive line is the problem. The offensive line is bad. That's why Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata have not been good. Right. Like, I don't think Peterson coming back just remedies that all of a sudden. Like, no, It's that, a boost for them just because AP's AP, but it's not like he was running all that
2: well before the injury. I mean, it was a very small sample size, but still.
1: The offensive line problems are not going to be corrected by Peterson's possible return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colts need this one bad to hang around, too, so they're they're kind of in desperation mode. I'll take them plus the four. It kind of gives me some wiggle room in case the Vikings squeak out a win by a field goal or anything less than that, so I'm, I'm happier on that side. Quarterback play certainly favors the Colts. Uh, coaching favors the Vikings. Defense favors the Vikings, so it's a lot in Minnesota's favor, but I think Andrew Luck can keep it very close, and that's going to make this actually a somewhat watchable game, perhaps, at least mm-hmm. in the second half. Lions and Giants, the Giants defense uh, was on full display against the Cowboys on Sunday night. I think that's got everybody nervous about the Lions this week. They're over under, this game is 41, so it's another lower game. Uh, Could be cold in New York, could be a situation too where because the Lions can't run the ball, they're going to be exposed to that pass rush. Matthew Stafford playing hurt right now. Maybe it's the recency bias but I think the Giants can actually come away with more than a four point win here.
2: Yeah, I think the I mean I don't know though. We've been piling on. These are kind of the two teams that I think don't really live up to their records. You know, I mean, before this Cowboys win, you know, you and I and just about everybody else had been saying, like, this Giants team's one of the worst seven-win teams in history. Oh, They're one, one of the worst eight-win teams McAdoo. in history. And like I mean, that was a that was a nice win against Dallas. And Detroit, I think, in some ways too. It's like Nothing about them when you watch them says they're a good team, but they just have found ways to to win some of these games. They really had no business beating Chicago as poorly as they played. The Bears just just played worse uh, last week. So it'll kind of be interesting to see, I guess, which which of these teams kind of breaks first, I guess. I mean, how confident are you that Detroit can win one of its next three against the Giants in New York this week at Dallas uh, the day after Christmas? and then home to Green Bay in Week 17 and one that
1: could ultimately decide the division. I think they have a better than 50% chance of winning one. But the, the Lions, like I, I know them so well. I know that they're going to make that sweat until the last week. Yeah. I i, I, think, I think they might go with three, Nick. I think, I I think, think so, too. I the get... Lions, to me, they, they, I'm looking at the Titans and the Colts and the Vikings. We just talked about those teams and their matchups and the Giants. Those five teams are all very similar to me in quality. They're all like middling, like eight and eight caliber teams. The fact that the Lions and Giants are both nine and four, the the tagline on the bottom of the movie poster for this game should read two, seven, and six teams that are somehow nine and four. That's what it should say.
2: Exactly. And I think that's how a lot of people view these teams. I mean, if Detroit drops these two and goes in, you know, hosts Green Bay in week 17, there's just no chance they win that game, right? Like a play in game. Lions against the Packers, sure, Rodgers against Stafford. Well, I mean,
1: yeah, in theory they could, but like, do you just? How could you be confident
2: if you're a Lions fan?
1: Oh, uh, you, you probably wouldn't be, but you never know. I mean, I, I they're they're not they're not the same Lions team that's let everybody down forever. no. They're not. But until they come they're through in much the clutch, better. like you, you're, you're going to always have that doubt right. in your mind about them. Steelers, Bengals, Steelers getting three on the road. AJ Green might be back in this one. The Steelers are just better than the Bengals right now. I, I'm giving up the three, mm-hmm. and I'm not really thinking twice about it.
2: No, Bengals have looked good the last two weeks, but you know that's come against Philadelphia and Cleveland. Whoa, um, so, whoa, whoa. Well, still, so, I mean, the Bengals, I mean, they looked like they were ready to just pack it in after, after the A.J. Green injury, but uh you know going into cincinnati it's a little bit of a challenge just because the splits for roethlisberger are that drastic i mean it's like a 30 plus difference in, in qb rating and the interception totals are way up the touchdown totals are way down uh but at the same time like you said there's
1: just too much talent on the steelers team let's move on to the saints and cardinals over under and this one 50 and a half. cardinals two and a half point favorites both teams uh, disappointing relative to their expectations coming into the season. Cardinals 5-7-1, and Saints 5-8. and The biggest question for me in this game is what is Drew Brees going to do after two bad games? I mean, if you've got him and you're in the fantasy playoffs this week, you're in a situation where you don't feel good about it, but you might have to use him. I mean, if you had Brees paired with Mariota, you got Mariota going up against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, I think I'd still play Brees even though Arizona's defense can be very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost have to
2: play the odds and say like, okay, he's not going to go a third straight game with no touchdowns and three picks. I don't. That's never been done uh, in NFL history, as we explicated uh, on the Monday pod. Who did he? I think it was Tyler Palko who he joined as the Tyler the most recent quarterback to in go two company. straight weeks with three picks and no touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you you can kind of you can debate this for hours, I guess. You know, who's better, Tyler Palko or Drew Brees? Uh, but I, I'm going to take Drew Brees.
1: Interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure where I want to go with that. Yeah, I
2: think it's one that
1: you know, probably fifty-fifty. If you ask a hundred people, yeah, we should probably start asking people in the office how they feel about Palco, uh, Cardinals. I mean, I still don't really trust Carson Palmer, but in this matchup, home against the Saints, Saints defense has played better these last couple of games. I feel okay about Palmer. I mean, if he's your alternative to Breeze, do you play him? He's thinking about it. Yawning about it, uh no,
2: I don't think so. I think I would take breeze in that situation this This New Orleans offense, I think is kind of due to break out of its slump uh Unfortunately, it's probably too late, you know with the way that Atlanta and Tampa have kind
1: of separated themselves in this division I think the the problem with this podcast is that you've been exhausted from writing player news updates during the broadcast every single week, so when we're in here recording. You're just you're stuck writing notes, and you're yeah. just exhausted by the time the podcast ends because you're doing I mean, three jobs at once. It's I hate to say it, but it's just hard
2: to think of where this company would be, you know, without me.
1: Yeah, you're doing some swiping too, so you got the personal thing going on on, on the one hand. Snapchat, writing notes on the, on the you, left. you've been really bombarding me on Snapchat lately. I don't really have anybody else who uses Snapchat. <laughs> I, that I, know, I figured so that. Everybody else I know is like, what? Snapchat. And I no. feel like
2: it's progressed too. Like each week, you like, I think for the first time, like last night, you sent me one that had like writing on the screen. I was like, oh, Derek must have figured out you can draw on Snapchat.
1: Well, yeah, I know you can draw, <laughs> but I'm like, well, does anybody write their message with the draw tool? Probably not. I mean, I imagine yeah, that's Yeah, it the was, first time that looked like hieroglyphics to me. I mean, you got to get a stylus or something. Yeah, and the, the important question that I want to throw out there for everyone to, uh, to ponder, uh, Darius. Miles, former NBA player and prep star in the Missouri area. I think it was St. Louis. Uh, He, unfortunately, has has put up his his personal belongings as part of an auction. He filed for bankruptcy. And you were kind of entranced, I guess you'd say, by the the items that were available. The lead in the column mentioned a waffle iron being for sale. Yeah,
2: I think that was just kind of... uh you know, a, a journalist trick to kind of bring you in and suck you into the article. Uh, you know, a hook, I guess is very, what very they call it. cunning attempt
1: business. to uh, Right, it was like, how much us. would you
2: pay for Darius Miles Waffle Iron? And I was like, immediately, a like, lot uh, wow. uh, 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 How much money? Uh, at least a hundred. How, uh, how much money can I pay for it? Uh, but yeah, sad story. I mean, guy who's going bankrupt, uh, kind of somebody that I had already assumed was bankrupt, honestly. Like, it was like, What well, didn't this happen? Like, how did it take this long type of situation? But he has a ton of, cool stuff that he's auctioning off. So I might have to make a trip down to, to East St. Louis this you weekend. You can't bid online? No, I actually did look into that. Uh, it's a live <laughs> auction at, at some, like, warehouse in Missouri. Ooh. Uh, but he's got, he's got, like, Latrell Sprewell autographed shoes, Latrell Sprewell autographed jersey, Glenn Rice autographed jersey, just kind of a who's who, Travis Outlaw, yeah, aut- multiple autographs. Yeah, you definitely jerseys. going
1: to this. What, is it Saturday afternoon? When is it? I got to do the XM show, yeah. So you're leaving after XM? Yeah, I'm gonna catch
2: a flight. Got a helicopter landing on the roof of the RotoWire office to bring me right to the Darius Miles estate auction. That's
1: probably where you should be. Niners, Falcons. Oh, and by the way, I'm taking the Cardinals, giving up the two and a half. I don't trust the Saints ever. Okay. Niners, Falcons. Falcons are two TD favorites. Over under fifty one and a half. I'm taking the Falcons, giving so up. So Vegas says it's gonna be like thirty seven to no,
2: no. Not I quite, I, not quite. I'm really bad, really bad at math.
1: We're going to say more like 32-18, to 33-18, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. something in that range. 49ers, I don't know if they're getting to 18 points. 33-19 I think would be the more precise count. Yeah. Not going to happen. Atlanta I think this rolls. could be
2: one where, like, I don't know, the Niners are, are a little bit scrappy. Uh, I think they'll they'll find they a way are. to hang in with for, with the Falcons for a little bit, and like this Falcons team is also due for one of those games that reminds you that they're the Falcons and you can't trust them week to week. Yeah, they're, I mean they're going to win this game, and they're I think they're going to win it comfortably, but I don't know that it's going to look like the same or the
1: L A game last week. I thought I thought the L A game last week might be the one where they let a team right. hang I, yeah, around. I kind of thought so too. They won convincingly without Julio Jones. I think they're going to? They rule. got Jeff Fisher fired. They're gonna roll in the uh, the Dion Sanders bowl. Do we know if Julio's gonna be
2: back? Let me let me get a check on that. By the way, Gucci Mane was on the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and he's great friends with Julio Jones. He referred to him as Julio Montana, what? which is awesome. Julio Montana. Yeah. Why? What's the backstory? I think that's. Uh, I've never seen this movie, but I believe it's a Scarface
1: reference, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Scarface reference. Yeah. I don't think you want to be Tony Montana in real life. I think it, no. Life. That's
2: like a that's like a compliment in the in the hip hop world.
1: I mean, it it is until well, I'm not gonna. Yeah. All right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: okay. So Atlanta is saying that Jones actually has a sprained toe, not turf toe. Not, yep. not going to pretend I know the difference between that.
1: Uh, but nah, he did not on, practice pretend. on
2: Wednesday. Pretty much up in the air at this point.
1: I think the challenging thing with Julio Jones is that the Falcons could play him and use him as a decoy, and it's justified because they're still Mm. pushing for a playoff spot, whereas with A.J. Green, by comparison, we talked about the Bengals-Steelers a few minutes ago, if they put him on the field, they're going to use him because they have no reason at all to play him unless they're going to use him because they're not going to the playoffs. Sure, and I mean Greedon is practicing
2: on Thursday. For what it's worth, if Julio, let's say he comes back to practice, like he's, let's say he's limited today, and maybe he gets in a, some work on Friday, and he ends up playing, or he's active on Saturday, if he, if you have him in season long, is do you take the risk and throw him out there, or does it depend who you have behind him?
1: Yep, I would play him. Um, I, I think unless you're in a league where you only start two receivers, and in that scenario, you've got better alternatives. Right. Sure, you can you can sit him there, but I think you got to play him otherwise. Uh, let's talk Patriots-Broncos. Tom Brady with a bad matchup. Had a bad matchup on Monday night, too, against the Ravens, but picked apart that Baltimore defense. Are you you're, you're playing Tom Brady this week in leagues where you have him, or is it kind of like the Drew Brees situation uh, where you're trying to back away where possible?
2: Well, see, the thing is I'm pretty much eliminated everywhere, no, you're so, not, you're don't not. Okay, so you don't have to make this decision. There you go. Um, hypothetically, if I was in the playoffs still in any of my leagues – I think I would be comfortable with Tom Brady, Uh, not a guy that I'm usually willing to bet against. He's, I mean, this Broncos defense is just not quite what it was, I think, last year. I mean, it's still certainly a very intimidating defense and and one that you're not going to be targeting week to week. Uh, But, I mean, over under a 44, New England's a three-point favorite on the road.
1: I like that. Yeah, I think the Patriots come away with the W here. Big game for Denver. I mean, they need it. Give based on the way the AFC West and the AFC playoff picture uh, is coming together. I think Brady. I'm trying to think of of the the QB twos you might have that I would play over Brady this week. I mean, if you had Brady and Jameis Winston, maybe yeah. I'd go Jameis. If what you if had, you have like Derek Carr? I think I don't know. I don't. If, if people probably don't have that, but I, I'd play Carr. I mean, over under in that game is higher. Closer. Mariota to
2: in Kansas City. I wouldn't
1: play Mariota over Brady. Uh, Stafford against the Giants. I wouldn't play him over Brady. Tyrod against the Browns, maybe? Only because it's the Browns, I'd think about it. Yeah. I so, mean, Tyrod might like lose his job. <laughs> that, that's what it's come to. Is Well, yeah. If, if he comes out and throws a couple picks in the first half, which right. he doesn't even turn the ball over that much, but if he does, oh, hey, Cardell Jones is going to play. Like, that's that just would be incredible. What they're going to do. We need, I, we need Cardell Jones yeah knee need might Cardale be a stretch uh justin Forsett maybe in line for more touches this week we'll see if we get any details from the broncos really frustrating situation though if you're a Devonte booker owner
2: forgot to mention this when we were talking about the packers uh James Stark's status is something to keep an eye on. Apparently, he got in a car accident today and is now in the concussion protocol.
1: Oh, well, hope he's
2: okay. His role
1: right. is changing anyway. Not a
2: guy you're rushing into your lineups. But, you know, if you're in some sort of deep league and, you know, you have James Stark's, something to look at.
1: Yeah, if you're in a 30 team league and you were going to play James Stark's this week, you might not want to. If you're in to. one of
2: those popular 45 team leagues, yeah.
1: NFC only, 45 teams? <laughs>
2: yeah, NFC North, Packers only. <laughs>
1: Raiders Chargers Raiders three point favorites on the road. San Diego looked so bad last week. I'm trying to erase that from my mind, and I'm having a hard time doing that. It matters for the Raiders. It doesn't for the Chargers. But it's a rivalry game. Is it a sucker play to go after the Raiders, giving up three? Eh,
2: not necessarily. Um, it sounds like. Wait, are you, are you saying you like the Raiders or dislike the Raiders? I, I feel like I, I I want the Raiders. Yeah. But is it a trap? The Chargers always seem to be in this spot around like weeks 15, 16, 17, right? Like, didn't they beat the Broncos last year right around this time? I want to say, I, I could be totally wrong, but I, I feel like they beat the Broncos like the day after Christmas or something like that. Uh, like, they always seem to be just out of it, but that team that you still don't really want on your schedule this late in the year because they're not just going to roll over. Uh, but that said, it sounds like Ma- uh, Melvin Gordon is not going to play, uh, which is probably the right call. I mean, he'd bring him back next week if you want to get him to 1,000 yards. Um, and yeah, even if if he would have played, how effective would he have been? Uh, so, I mean, now they turn to what Kenneth Farrow and I think Ronnie Hillman get some Ronnie Hillman passing Ronnie Hillman? down yeah. work in there. Yeah, our Joe uh, Joe out in the office is was, was very high on Ronnie Hillman
1: this week. So. Office Joe, I don't I don't, I don't like Ronnie Hillman at all.
2: I don't know. He, he said uh, he said he didn't like Farrow in pass, in pass protection last week, and, and Hillman's the guy uh, who might be out there in passing down situations. So. I don't know. Hillman will be the third down back. Farrell gets like fourteen to sixteen carries. This just screams like Farrell carries sixteen times for forty-five yards. Probably. Yeah, I know? mean like,
1: that could happen. And then Hillman ends up like catching yeah. a TD pass. Joe is right, but I'm fading Joe right now. And uh, yeah, I, I'm fading Joe for sure. Bucks, Bucks, Cowboys is your Sunday night game. The Bucks are getting seven points against Dallas. Dak played poorly against a good defense which yeah. your margin for error against the giants is pretty small right now based on their current form the bucks have been rolling in recent weeks do you trust them to go into dallas and win outright or do you think they at least keep it within a td i don't
2: think they win outright. i think dallas bounces back and and proves why they're an 11 and two team um i mean tampa bay's been hot though i i, I dude, how many people really trust tampa bay Right now, despite winning, of, was it five in a row? I don't know what to think of them because I when know. I was picking like,
1: them throughout the beginning of the season, they were crap all the right. time.
2: They've won five in a row, road wins at Kansas City, at San Diego. They beat Seattle, holding them to five points. Uh, the Bears win doesn't look all that great, but they blew them out, and then they beat the Saints last week. And they've won these games with defense. You know, this Bucks team is one that we talked about of, you know, kind of a. I think the defense was maybe going to be the liability for them. They were going to pile up points. They're going to throw the ball around, and that's not really how they've won these games. I mean, over their last four, they've only topped 20 points once, and then they've won all four of those games. So uh, I think they're a much more complete team than, than we thought. Uh, I think they'll they'll keep it close with Dallas, but Cowboys back at home I think are going to be eager to to
1: show that last week was at least in their minds a fluke. Zeke's going to run for 200 yards this week, and the Cowboys are going to win, but they are going to win by less than seven. So I'll, I'll take Okay, it. so
2: – if Dallas wins and Zeke does rush for two hundred yards, does that lock him up as the MVP?
1: Yep. That's gonna do it in the eyes of many. I think Le'Veon Bell should be the MVP, but not, I really he won't think win. Rogers has a chance. I, I wouldn't put money on it,
2: but I did look into putting money on it yesterday. And right now, if you put down, I think fifty, you can win like four hundred bucks.
1: Your your internet search history has to be tremendous.
2: Darius Miles estate auction, Aaron Rodgers, MVP odds.
1: Gucci Where Mane, w- how to get to St. Louis?
2: Yeah, yeah Gu- right. Gucci Mane discography. How to how to rent a private helicopter? Yeah, that I mean, any myriad of things you might find on there.
1: Yeah, the FBI. Would I was have searching a putting that one together uh, this morning.
2: I actually had to do a search for how much money did Andres Biedrins make in his NBA M- career? Last night I got down the rabbit hole with, with a friend of mine and was on Julio Franco's. Japanese uh baseball reference page. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of range. Yeah, it was something.
1: Biedrin's uh twenty three million.
2: No. Uh it was like sixty plus. I want to say it was like sixty five million. Yeah. He, the last deal he signed was like six years, fifty four million. What in the hell? How what old these... do you think Biedrins is? Thirty four. Thirty. What? Thirty years old. He's in his prime right now, just hanging out in Latvia. Hasn't mm. played in the NBA in three years. Yeah.
1: He's, he's there, Winston Bishop now. I guess, even though he made a bunch of money here first. Uh, Panthers, Redskins, Monday night game. Carolina stinks so much. I I can't possibly pick them. I can't do it.
2: Carolina can't pick Carolina. No, I I went with Washington in my in my Pick'em league this week. Huge week for Pick'em, uh, and this is my one point game. Meaning I have the littlest confidence uh, in this because I just I don't know. I mean Carolina is so fluky week to week.
1: Six and a half, though, for Washington does seem a little bit high. It's a little high. I opened it four. I liked it better. At four. What happened? Um, Two and a
2: half points. Further
1: evaluation. The money <laughs> shifted. I mean, it's, that's a lot, though. Yeah, it's it's a big jump. Uh, I think with the Panthers, I mean, Cam could put up some good numbers this week, but Kirk Cousins should own the Carolina secondary home against mm. the pass defense. It's been a big disappointment this year. I think this lines up well in, in a week full of. Bad quarterback matchups. Kirk Cousins actually has a very good one.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'm trying to look at the weather, it shouldn't be a huge factor in this game. Hovering, I think it's going to be you know, high 30s, maybe low 40s, so it shouldn't be a, a major, major issue uh, with this one being a night game. But
1: yeah, I mean, over under 50 and a half, you certainly have to like. So I'm seeing a headline right now Sunday could be the coldest game in Bears history when they host the Packers. It could be that frigid. Uh, meteorologist uh, Tim Heaney and I will go through the weather report in further detail on the Friday episode. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. We're back with you tomorrow.